Hello, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter. This is the 12th episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Uh, today, I'm very excited to be with Mike Pelicetti from Masthead Brewery in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Mike and I are going to the Cleveland Indians-Minnesota Twins game tomorrow. Very excited by that, although uh, not so excited when I found out that the Twins are facing Corey Kluber. Uh, Corey Kluber, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's going to be a beautiful day. I saw Steve. It's going to be in the low 80s and sunny, so it should be a gorgeous night for baseball here in Cleveland. That, how are how are things in Yakima? Well, that's baseball and beer weather right there. And uh, it's here in Yakima. We we've had a couple cool days. Uh, we kind of had our uh, June in May, and we're having our May in June. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. backwards, but. Most of the growers, I know I was out a little bit yesterday with uh, Pedro, uh, doing kind of a dry run on our crop projection for this coming year, and um, talked to a few growers there. Uh, we're, we're holding a Green Chief meeting right now as we speak on water management, and it's a good thing because we're expecting triple digit digits next week here in the Valley. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, uh, speaking of triple digits, we've got three really good beers we're trying out here with uh, Mike. Mike, welcome to our podcast. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Three uh, of my favorite things, so, you know. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're starting out. Well, t- maybe tell us first a little bit about Masthead Brewery. You've been open for a couple of years now or just under two years? Yeah, so we opened in uh, January of 2017, uh, you know, and had a couple of years in planning and construction before that. Um, kind of an interesting origin story. You know, my business partner, Frank, who's uh, at a supplier meeting with our distributor right now, uh, and I uh, were in college together. We were roommates um, and uh, kind of had the origin of this idea then in, in basically 2009. Um, and then it was kind of a matter of uh, putting the pieces together to get from here to there and getting the necessary skills set. But, uh, so you majored in beer at Ohio State, I, I'm taking I, Well, mostly with a minor in uh, electrical <laughs> engineering, but, uh, you know, we all do what we're best at. So, so no, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Masthead by itself has a really interesting story. The name, I, I was just reading up on that. Tell us a little bit about the, came up with the name for uh, for Masthead Brewing. Yeah, so uh, when, when General Moses Cleveland, who was a, a veteran of the Revolutionary War, uh, then became a, a land surveyor, uh, you know, after the war, um, he, you know, was kind of sailing around Lake Erie and and down from the New York and the Hudson Bay area. And uh, he landed on the banks of the Cuyahoga in 1796, kind of saw that it was a, a good place to put a city, you know, at the, you know, uh, intersection of a major waterway and, and a great lake. Um, so he founded uh, the city of Cleveland. And the interesting thing about that is at the time it was spelled after his last name, which uh, was C-L-E-A-V-E-L-A-N-D, which is uh, like a butcher's cleaver um, was the spelling. Uh, And it stayed that way until 1831 and the city's second newspaper, the Cleveland Advertiser, was getting ready to start up. And they had, you know, their paper and their printing press and all their their dyes and uh, all their different font spacing and typefaces. And when they went to print, they realized their name was about one letter too long to fit on the masthead of their newspaper. So I assume it was like, I don't know, I guess it was probably similar to some meetings I had where all the (laughs) meetings of the minds get together and drink a number of beers and say, well, this is a pretty difficult problem. How do we solve it? Uh, And they got to the point where they just cut a letter out of the name Cleveland and rolled with it uh, and ended up changing the name of the city 
uh, by starting their newspaper up pretty well. And uh, mm. we're right in downtown uh, uh, Cleveland. Is this a uh, is this where the, the 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 paper was published or something? Or, or how did? Yeah, it was, I, I'm not exactly sure where their exact location was, but we're within the original footprint of the city. Right. Uh, and so I know at that point it had to be within a mile of here. Well, it's my first time in Cleveland for, for many, many years. And this is a gorgeous spot you've got here. And, and again, it's a beautiful day, Steve, but uh, they've got the nice tap room that opens up out to the street. Uh, they've got a nice uh, kitchen there. They've got some great beers here. And then you can, you can see, you know, the, the, the brewery itself. And so a really pretty special place. And you got to be very proud to be part of this community here as Cleveland continues to, uh, you know, just improve and evolve over time, right? Yeah, it, Cleveland is, is an interesting city because, uh, you know, it got hurt when when steel manufacturing and auto manufacturing kind of moved and, and condensed. But uh, recently, we've had a really nice resurgence. And I think the food scene here is really awesome. And the beer scene's been pretty awesome for a while. And it's right. continued to build on itself. So it's been a great city to be a part of. And downtown's pretty vibrant. Sports teams are all, well, from the Browns are, are pretty good, so <laughs> yep. that's cool. Um, and we're it's pretty awesome because we're within a three quarters of a mile of all the stadiums, right? Oh so we yep. we get enough crowd for sports, and for us, we're sports fans. You know, our our all the partners here, we grew up playing sports, so it's a ton of fun. Yeah, cool. I wish I was with you guys. That sounds like fun, but I'm I'm doing the next best thing. I'm enjoying uh, one <laughs> of your beers here, Mike, uh, here in Yakima. I've, I was gravitated as a baseball fan. I gravitated towards Dream Crusher, which says double dry hop, triple New England IPA, and it's a home run. So I feel like I'm drinking for the cycle right now. Yeah, it's uh, so this beer, it, it's kind of an awesome beer because it has a few like double entendres or maybe triple entendres even going on there because, uh, you know, it's got uh, sort of the native american dream crusher dream catcher theme which mm -hmm. relates to the indians yep. and crush home runs uh and then we also we released it with a 5k that we did and i guess you know like it, it kind of like embodies the moment where in the last 20 yards of a race you pass somebody and they <laughs> thought they were going to win their age group or something <laughs> completely uh crushed uh and also it's almost a 10 percent beer so uh, if you drink enough of them, the next morning will be also a dream crusher. <laughs> but, uh, well, I think the Twins facing Corey Kluber tomorrow night is going to be a dream crusher or maybe a nightmare uh, if you're a Twins fan. But uh, Have you been to Progressive Field, Steve? Uh, have you ever been out here? I, I drove by it. I was there with uh, Steve Lahneman and Ryan uh, last uh, summer, and uh, we drove by the stadium, but uh, I checked the schedule. The Indians were not in town, so we weren't able to go, but... I hear lots of good things about that stadium, and I, I think they, you know, I know it as Jacobs Field, but I think it's Progressive Park now or something like that, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, Progressive. Yeah, yeah it's Progressive yeah. Field. They're, they're oh. the main sponsor, and uh, yeah, okay. it, it's really an awesome stadium. Uh, they did a really big renovation a few years back, and they created sort of this neighborhood idea with sort of the, the food and beer uh, selections, and um some really good breweries have some booths there and some really good restaurants have some booths that yeah. do they design the food for it um so it actually creates a, a really uh great experiment experience that you can actually have a night of uh as opposed to just go to see the game you're getting sure. to have some 
here, some entertainment. Yeah. I know that uh, Cleveland was our dream crusher back in 1995 <laughs> when the Mariners finally made it to the ALCS. And uh, Cleveland beat us in six games and went on to play Atlanta in the World Series that year. But uh, that was a dream crusher season for us. But uh, uh, but but we seem to be making it up for it this year. I, I think there's probably the uh, – Anaheim Angels are devouring a lot of Dream Crusher beer this morning after uh, <laughs> Mitch Hanniger's walk-off home run yesterday. <laughs> the, the Mariners, oh yeah, they just, yeah, they they killed the Angels. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, very impressive. Well, those '90s teams for the Indians were something with uh, Jim Tomey and Roberto Alomar and uh, Albert Bell and those Kenny guys. Lofton Kenny Lofton and Manny Ramirez. Oh, and, man, they were uh, really good. Yeah, it's, got, it's like the Cavaliers, though, right? So close and so frustrating, right? So. Yeah, I was, you know, I just kind of started playing baseball as a kid uh, during that run for the Indians. That was a really exciting time. And Toledo, so I grew up in Toledo, and Toledo is a really interesting town because you kind of split uh, Detroit and Cleveland fans. Right. Uh, and for those who don't know, there was actually a war fought over Toledo to determine if Toledo was a part of Ohio or Michigan. Oh, really? I did, I yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's the home of so the mud hens, right? Awesome battleground. Uh, but, you know, I was an Indians fan. One of my best friends at the time, his family were just diehard Indians fans. So uh, my family was a little more ambivalent, but I went over that way because we were really tight back then. We were playing baseball together and stuff. But uh, So the war was fought over a mud head, and that's how it was. Well, I think that was like a compromise or how the war ended, maybe. But, um, some, some barbecued chicken that's all yeah. and maybe some good beer or something. Yeah. Or some cast ale or something like hopefully. that, you know, so. Uh, so, so, um, how did you get involved in brewing? I was so started at college or, um, yeah, so, so I started, I mean, I guess, uh, I was always, always had an affinity or, uh, an interest in craft beer, even going back to, you know, turning 21. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. You waited until 21, right? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, it really, but when, it, when this really started was a trip to Asheville, North Carolina ah, and, okay. uh, Kind of getting to see the diversity in beer and the difference in scale of brewing and types of beer that you could really enjoy um and the way tap rooms were really experienced right uh was was an experience that i that really molded my uh brewing future i guess right and that was kind of when i decided i was going to be done with electrical engineering and uh, i was going to pr pursue beer as a career um so after college, I turned down a job offer from American Electric Power and uh, got a job up here brewing beer at a place called Black Fox Brewing Company. It was a small brewery in Westlake. I got to kind of cut my teeth and have a little, a little bit of a trial by fire there um, before we kind of had the, the managerial structure and the uh, experience and, and team put together that we could start Masthead. Now, how many, how many, you're up one of the founders and the head brewer, how many guys are on your, your founders or your, your, uh, your teams? And, and then yeah. do you just split up responsibilities or how do you, what do you do? Yeah. So, uh, Frank and I are both full-time with the company and Frank was, uh, he was my business partner and a, uh, manufacturing engineer with Procter and Gamble for okay. seven years. Yeah. And then, uh, our additional partner, Matt, uh, is a financial guy. He's still a director of financial planning at the Cleveland clinic. So mm -hmm. finance, you know, finance accounting, that sort of side lives with him. Right. And then Frank and I kind of have divided responsibilities and, and, you know, we all sort of wear different hats depending on the day anyway. So sure. we have a little bit of understanding of each person's role right. so we can backfill each other. Mm -hmm. Um, 
kind of with how the tap room operates and with how packaging and distribution operates and then within brewing operations. Um, so I kind of take brewing operations and, and some of the accounting associated with that on the mm -hmm. production side that yep. I can pass over to Matt and Frank is more a uh, facilities manager, manages the tap room and how it interfaces with the brewery and then also uh, how we distribute beer. Right. Because, I mean, here in Cleveland, I mean, we have you guys and Fat Hits and Platform and uh, Great Lakes. You got some really good breweries here. Yeah, it's an awesome community to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, luckily all those guys are great guys and, and we get to collaborate. And Well, this is something interesting. So I'm where I'm on uh, the Mosaic Vice now, uh, Steve, and, uh, you know, it's got this great Miami. Uh, it's got, I'm looking for Tom Johnson and his white yeah. suit. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, what I what I noticed on your cans that you've got this Ohio craft, which is a little bit unique. Every state does that. You've got the independent brewer, but you've also got this Ohio craft. Do you guys get together? I mean, is, is it a yeah, pretty I, important guild that you guys and, and talk about what how to work in the in the environment here? Yeah, I think it's it's a really important part of what we do. Um, you know, I, I think collectively we have to kind of stick together because um, you know Anheuser Busch and Miller both have interests in Ohio. Sure, and some of the distributors are still pretty well connected to them. Sure. Uh, I think it's important that we can collaborate as craft brewers and, and make sure that maybe not the Great Depression, but something akin to it that's happened in like Maryland where they've limited the amount of beer you can sell out of your tap room. Right. We, we just want to make sure that sort of situation doesn't happen here and also, you know, support each other in ways that where, you know, if we can teach each other a few things and, and keep elevating the quality within our craft. In general, how has it been uh, in Ohio uh, for either your taproom or your distribution? Is it, uh, you know, every state obviously has different rules and regulations. What's it been like here in Ohio? Ohio's regulations are pretty uh, progressive, mm -hmm. and I think they've gotten better over the last decade. Uh, they got rid of the requirement that you had to have an additional license to have a taproom, and they kind of conglomerated some of that and made it a little simpler. And I think the Ohio Department of Liquor Control is pretty happy because they're getting quite a bit of tax revenue. And I think the cons consumer here is really happy. So overall, I think Ohio is really making strides to be one of the better and more progressive states within that sort of legal regulatory uh, side of things. Cool. And are you guys now in progressive? Can we can we find you? Yeah, yeah our IPA and, oh, cool. and our fruit beer falling fruit are both. Uh, so it's no, longer just a, it's no longer just a Miller Lite uh, uh, stadium right no honestly progressive fields beer selection is awesome cool like it's it's a, a really good place to drink beer so you know indians are you know not doing as well they're still in first place they're in the they're, you know the twins and the Indians are in the, the, the easiest division uh, in right. baseball this year but uh, the 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 relief uh, uh team and some of the hitters like kipnis what's up with jason kipnis this year you know I, well kipnis was a little bit off last year too and yeah, part of sure. it was injury related and part of it maybe he's getting a little bit older um you know, I've been hot and cold on him. Uh, one of my concerns, and this is more from a team camaraderie standpoint, is that – so anyways, I, I'll – this is going to be a little bit of a sidebar, but my neighbor used to play for the Rubber Ducks, which is okay. a single-A team down in Akron. Right. They're pretty cool. A lot of the guys who play for the Indians now came up through their their, their program. And the, what I heard from him is that there's actually a, a very wide gap in um, – culture between the latin players and the american players ah. and i think kipnis seems to be the heart of this sort of uh fissure between the latin players and the american players oh, really? on the team wow uh and he, he this like article came out last year where he was like 
almost throwing, you know, throwing shade at uh, Francisco Lindor and, and Ramirez. Yeah. It's like, look, dude, they're the best players on our team. Exactly. So get yep. on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know if that's hurting him. I don't know if it's just the fact that he's getting a little bit older and a little more injury prone, but he, he really has fallen off a cliff the last year. Yeah. And then on top of letting Jay Bruce and Santana walk, yeah. which I think was a huge mistake. Yep. I mean, I yep. get it. You don't want to spend too much money. You're a small market team, but yep. God, you need those guys to get hits in, in key situations. Yep. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they still have great starting pitching, but the relief pitching's been right. very tough. And, uh, and and people were pretty cold on Brian Shaw, but God, that gosh. guy shoot up. He shoot he up innings. innings. Exactly. Every day, innings. every day Shaw, pretty much, yeah. Right. And like it or not, you need somebody there to take those innings. Yep. Um, so, you know, Andrew Miller's still playing pretty good, but He's kind of injured too a little bit, right? Right, so, yeah. right. And well, we'll see how it unfolds. I mean, we're still pretty early into a, a pretty long a, season, but they do have an easy division, though. So yeah, but that, well, that can be good and bad. I mean, as you see with the Cavs, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. you can roll through the playoffs, but you need you a full know. team. No. Yeah, Cleveland. But, I, so, Cleveland, I think, is a good example of just how important a good bullpen is. Because I last year I remember these that that bullpen was lights out. I mean, those guys. Yeah. Fact, you had a lead and you handed it over to them, and and you had a good chance you were going to win the game. And I, I think that's been part of the issue this year for Cleveland. But uh, uh, I, I'm really happy. To see, uh, Yonder Alonso actually played first base for the Mariners last year, and and I thought he was a very serviceable first baseman, and. and uh, He's got what ten or twelve home runs this year for Cleveland, and seems to be batting yeah. in that two sixty, two seventy, somewhere in there. So, uh, good to see him doing well. Yeah, he's been crushing it. Um, you know, the other problem we have is that we somehow we keep having to face are all this Chapman, and that guy <laughs> is half our number. And I, you know, you know, throwing hundred miles an hour is pretty awesome, but still, like every time I see him take the mound and we're playing, I'm like, God, we're. Good. Like, you know, what do we get? You know, no one can hit a hundred. So, yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's good. And then the, the, the kid from uh, the Cardinals, uh, was it J- Jonathan Hicks or Jason Hicks? What do you know, Steve? Uh, he's up to like 103, 104 miles an hour now. It's just yeah. mind boggling. Yeah, I, I tell you. And it, there was an article on ESPN a couple days ago about some of these uh, hitters like Hanley Ramirez, you know, was let go by the Red Sox. And that was the conclusion yeah. that just you get up a certain age and you kind of gear up for that 95 mile an hour fastball and all of a sudden 102, 103 coming at you consistently. It's just your eyes and reflexes aren't as good as they used to be to be able to catch up with that thing. That's my excuse, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you throw me a 40 mile an hour softball and I might be able to hit it the first base. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, so the dream crusher, I'm just smelling this. Steve, you're the expert. What are you smelling the dream crusher? Let's see if you, how your hot uh, nose is today. Well, I, I know we got the mosaic vice, but probably the the, the, the hop that I think's easiest to pick up with on the dream, dream crusher is mosaic. Uh, hopefully that's got ample quantities of mosaic in it. Uh, tell me I'm right. No, yeah, I mean, mosaic. Over here, Mosaic Space is our favorite hop. You know, yeah. um, we we like to use it pretty liberally. Uh, it's also got some Citra and some Idaho Seven in it. Okay. Um, 
I'm, are, uh, you, are you using cryo or are you using T90s yet? Uh, mostly T90s. We'll, yeah. we'll play with a little cryo here and there, yeah. but um, God, T90 is just so tried and true. Yeah. I think we use we um, we use some cryo in the whirlpool on this cryo mosaic actually. I mean, this is something I've heard now from a couple of brewers that on uh, mosaic uh, and equinot on the cryo, as you as you're using the cryo, it, because you're taking out the vegetative. For the most part, right? So you're 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 reducing that a little bit of that oniony garlicky a little bit on the mosaic, and on the equinot reducing a little bit of the, of the the green pepper, if you will. Have you have you sensed that, or have you guys tried to think about what that means from just from a cryo relative to the team? Yeah, I could totally see that being a factor. Uh, our mosaic is all that hasn't been much OG this year. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been pretty clean. It was a good mosaic crop last right. year. Yeah. It really all the stuff I smelled. Yeah. Uh, I was out and the Acmo is really, really nice. So um, we haven't seen a ton of that this year with Mosaic anyways. Yep. Um, I think what's nice is that, so if you have that problem, it's certainly going to mitigate it. Um, although I'm, I guess I'm not sure always where certain oils live. Yep. And I do like some polyphenol in my beers, yep. you know, so yep. um, we, when we do use cry, we like to still blend pel uh, T90 pellets with, sure. with that. Yep to get some of that because I think it rounds the beer out a little bit. Um, but I think it's, they're really nice in the whirlpool because you get a ton of oil extracted uh, without a ton of plant matter. So you can kind of keep your, your cone a little bit tighter and, and yield a little higher. Yeah. So I'm going to join that. And then also, I mean, high, higher yields from dry hopping as well are, are pretty nice. Yep. What are you getting on a yield efficiency from uh, cryo? Do you, have you measured it? Tried to measure it? Uh, well, see, we haven't done a hundred percent cryo oh, here. Yep. But I assume we're doing five or six percent better. That's about where we're at on average. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Over over volume, it, pays, yeah. it adds up, right? Well, I mean, that extra keg is all profit. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and well, and especially with some of these New Englands, I mean, we like it's not even that. That's such a factor because that like people drink them so in such quantity that we run out too fast, and we like to keep them on tap here in the tap room at least. Sure. Um, What's uh, what's selling well? We've got uh, your, I guess your the IPA is probably your flagship, and then you've got the uh, Mosaic Vice now the Green Crusher. Are... Yeah, so I mean we we keep uh, IPAs or our American IPA, uh, which is IPA, is a distributed beer. Yep. So we got that in packaging and kegs, and our footprint basically goes from here to the edge of the canyon. Okay. So it's not super big yet, but our density is pretty good. I, I can't keep enough of it in the tanks. Um, and it's more it's of a, a San Diego, have, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And it's more, it's more of a San Diego style IPA, which is the style IPA I fell in love with yep. when I started drinking IPA. Yep, that's really good, yeah. Um, and the Mosaic Vice and the Dream Crusher are like more limited releases, so we do like canning runs of like 100 cases. Yep. And do a release on a Saturday, um, and typically we sell out within two hours. Oh wow. Of opening, so, uh, you know the yields on these beers aren't great either. Sure. Um, how many pounds of uh, uh, per barrel do you have of hops do you have in the Dream Crusher? Six. Yeah. Six seven. Wow. Six or seven. Yep. We like it. Yeah. Mike <laughs> and beer. beer. We, like, we like numbers. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's fun to be able to put more hops, honestly. Like, I, I grew up as, as an IPA head. So yeah. for me, uh, you know, getting to be the head brewer at a brewery is, it's just awesome just from the standpoint of getting to be experimental and play with hops and smell a ton of hops and so really I, get to live that. So on your, you know, when you had your first IPA on your 21st birthday, 
Yeah. Uh, right. what, what was it? Uh, what what, what uh, cranked you up? So I was drinking a lot of Columbus IPA and, and Bodie back then. Okay. Um, yeah. And Tony, who's the head brewer there, brewmaster, whatever you want to call it. No, I think he's called the head brewer because uh, their owner, Eric Bean's the brewmaster. But he uh, cut his teeth at or uh, pizza pork. So, okay. Oh yeah. Right. So he, he learned how to make IPA out yep. west and yep. brought it to Columbus and God, those beers were just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and they were still really small and I, I went to Ohio state. So yep. it's pretty available on campus, which was nice. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so that was totally the daily drinker was Columbus IPA. I, uh, you know, I, the pizza port IPA I had, I think that was just you know, one of my favorites of all time. It's just so good. Yeah, those those guys kill it. I love going out there. Yep, yep. How many times have you been out to Yakima now? Uh twice. twice. The last two years. Yep. It's pretty fun, huh? It's uh a... Oh yeah, it's an awesome part of the country. I mean I, I think it's just such a unique culture and part of the country that a lot of people don't get to see. Right. Um it's definitely something that I tell I tell people about it all the time. I'm like, if you're out that way, check it out. Just yeah. swing yeah. through, check out Bale Breaker, you know. Yep. Um I mean you can almost smell the hot fields just the minute you get down into the valley. Yep. But it's pretty cool. And we've got two new, uh, just if you haven't heard, we've got two new uh, breweries open up in the in, in the area that oh, are awesome. going to be really good. One in Sunnyside. Oh, nice. So several of our uh, colleagues actually are opening up their partners in a brewery in Sunnyside called Varieto. And of course, they're, they're hop heads and they make really good beer. And then there's another one called Single Hill, uh, which is opened by another former colleague uh, who's also making a really good beer. That's awesome. So we've got some choices now. So you don't only have to go to Bale Breaker and Sports <laughs> Center. You actually have wow. a couple of choices. You know, so. Yeah. And, and uh, yes, we will be sending them an invoice for advertising. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, but it's, it's fun, right? It's, it's, it's pretty cool to get out there. And, uh, all of so, so they open now? So, they, yeah. So, uh, Zach, uh, Single Hill just opened up this past Saturday, and Varietal's been open for a while, uh, like a month or so. But, uh, yeah, definitely during harvest, you got to check them out. All so. Right. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. We're spending a little bit more time than we did uh, in previous years, so cool. we have a little bit more flexibility. Very cool. Well, you know, it's gonna, have, the, have the Indians already played the Mariners? That's, you know, these uh, only six games a year. It's tough. Have they already played each other this they, year, Steve? Or they have. Mike? Yeah, we had a, a home and away series, I think, and we did pretty good. I, th- I think we finished four and two this year, uh, which is kind of abnormal. Usually we struggle against uh, the Tribe, but... Uh, had a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, two series with them this year. Nice. Yeah, I saw Corey Kluber's like he's not walking anybody anymore, right? He's got he's got an ER he's got an ERA under two now. I think it's like one nine nine or something. It's just he's having a year. I mean, he had a year a couple years ago, he won the Cy Young, but he's having he, another year. So he's got ten wins already too. I think he's ten That's and two. Amazing. Yeah. He's a really impressive pitcher overall. I mean, it's like God, it's a treasure to have a guy like that on your team because. Yep. You know, even if you lose a couple pieces, having that yep. sort of rock Stopper. solid base, yep. Yep. Um, it really helps uh, win key games and also just keep keep it exciting because in a small market like this, sure, I know it can be sometimes hard for those guys to fill seats. So, yep. um, having some exciting pitching and some exciting hitting with, uh, you know, with Francisco Lindor doing what he's doing yep. is, is something that it's a Good we really team. enjoy having it's a good core team they just need a few little yeah, it's, tweaks it's so. right around the edges where yep. you know if we can acquire a couple guys before the trade deadline yep. or exactly i've always well, terry. appreciated terry francona too i just think he's yep. a top-notch manager I, and I, a good yep. 
a good players manager and, and knows the game. And uh, from afar, I've always appreciated him, whether he's been with uh, Boston or Cleveland. It uh, seems to me like he brings a winner wherever he goes. So. Yeah, I mean, it's really the right – right now, I mean, the last few years we've had really the right formula. Yep. Um, you know, I, I really think we – God, I feel like we missed it two years ago when we were playing the Cubs, you know? Yeah, um, so close. And that was – like, that That hurts. And I think right now the team is a little bit – I think part of the, their, their issue is that they're a little bit tired. Yep. You know, going – like, two years ago, losing the Cubs in that fashion is really tough, yep. I think, mentally. Yep. And then I think that streak they went on, which was, like, what, 23 games? Yep, yeah. Uh, that, that mentally – blew the team out before the playoffs, yep, you know, yep. it was almost a situation where you wish that. Yeah. You should just like throw in one yep, yep. and to keep, to just like keep that mental freshness yep. and be more relaxed going into the playoffs uh, because it was so, so amazing. And then I think they were just all mentally torn up by the time they got into the, really the meat of what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now I think you're, you're falling into this. All right. Well, we've God, we've been down this road so many times. How do we get this new energy? Yeah. Uh, to really turn it turn it over this year um so i'm hoping as the sort of they as the you know season progresses they kind of shift up and yep and ratchet up the play but well my, my minnesota twins are still very beat up they still have uh, five of their starting nine out uh of, of action and you can tell it's they're not there but steve your mariners uh continue to just amaze and uh, it's got to be very fun for you. Are you are you uh, excited, or are you just like, are you nervous at when's 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 it going to turn around? Here? Yeah, What's the, your sense? the other shoe will drop, and with the Red Sox coming into town, it could start tonight. We've got uh, Felix Hernandez on the mound, and he just seems to be uh, struggling uh, more and more with every outing. So uh, it could be uh, come up in time uh, here real soon. But we're going to enjoy it while we can. Uh, it was a great. Uh, win yesterday and, and uh good to sweep the angels uh they no doubt have uh i have to admit the greatest player in baseball right now in mike trout um i mean it seems like uh when he plays the mariners he just he had i think a total of five home runs in a three-game series um yep. you're almost better to walk him even if the bases are loaded uh, it was like the barry bonds days yeah, yeah really exactly really yeah. is he is so tuned in right now but uh good luck with the uh, you know the twins and the indians that'll be a good i guess three game series which i'm not sure mike how the math kind of works out on that with the twins being five games behind and a three uh, three game series coming up but uh well, they took three or four just uh, <laughs> last week in minnesota so uh, it's funny but yeah who knows about it yeah i'm just saying tomorrow night my first time at progressive field going to be with mike and uh, our, our regional sales manager steve lonneman and uh watching the uh, the game uh, it's going to be a beautiful night uh you know what i'm these beers we've had today uh this uh the the, the masthead ipa the mosaic vice and the dream crusher are, are truly, truly good beers. And uh, so that's what I'm having tomorrow night. I know that. But uh, good. Mike, I, Mike, it's been a real pleasure uh, uh, having, having you on our podcast. And, uh, it's great to try your beers. So. Yeah. Mike, uh, one thing we'll, we'll just add, too, is uh, whether it's a Cleveland Indians or Masthead Brewing, we wish you nothing but good hops. 
Uh, yeah, I totally appreciate it. And we'll have to share a beer when I'm uh, when I'm out in Yakima this September. We'd love it. Maybe we Pulse can go. Yeah, we, both good. ways. Uh, we, we'll love to have you and host you and look forward to it this fall. All right. Thanks, Mike. Cheers.